they were in the band and then the music worship leader quit. And then the pastor was like, oh, you play guitar. You should be the worship leader. And they're like, I don't even know. I barely know how to play G, C, and D. Like now I'm going to lead the whole band. And, and I just remember coming in places and just kind of leading a rehearsal with them and just trying to tell them a couple of things. And nobody's teaching you this. Somebody should be teaching you this. I'm Chelsea Amber, a Christian recording artist and the founder of Christian Guitar Girls, an encouraging community for female guitar players and bass players who love Jesus. We are a group of women who are serving our communities through music and working on our guitar skills all for the glory of God. You can find our Facebook group called the Christian Guitar Girls Community to connect with other women in music and ministry. And we've got a great conversation coming up with Sam Marsh. But before that, I just want to give a quick shout out to Podbean. This is the platform that I'm using to host and distribute the Christian Guitar Girls podcast. I've been really pleased with their services and highly recommend giving them a try if you're thinking about starting your own podcast. I especially appreciate all the resources they have on the site to teach you how to start a podcast. So visit podbean.com slash CGG to get a 30-day trial on one of their unlimited plans, and you'll also be supporting the Christian Guitar Girls ministry as well. So with that, I'm excited to welcome Sam Marsh. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thank you very much. Very honored that you would allow me to be in this space. Oh, it's great to have you. So Sam Marsh is a music worship leader and singer-songwriter who was born in England and raised in North Carolina. She's on staff at a Christian high school where she teaches the music worship team, and she has a master's in Christian ministries from Gordon-Conwell Theological Ministry, and she's on staff at an Anglican church as the music worship minister. You can hear her music on Spotify, and I'm excited today to chat with her about her brand new book entitled The Equipped Music Worship Leader. So, Let's get into it, Sam. First of all, I'd love to pretend that we are just sitting across the table at a coffee shop. So what are you drinking? I am actually being very English right now. And not only am I drinking English breakfast tea, but I'm drinking it from a Pride and Prejudice mug. So uh, really loving my roots here. That's great. Man, when I was in college, we used to watch Pride and Prejudice, the the modern one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, like I f- it felt like every month. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I could quote that a lot for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. It's so good. Yeah. The new one for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I'm just having uh, some plain Jane water here. Mm-hmm. I I've been trying to work on being better at hydrating, and I actually mm-hmm. found this app called Water Llama that's kind of gamified my hydration. Uh-huh. So not sponsored, but um, <laughs> they have no way. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's. It's been actually more fun hmm. to hydrate now. So yay for that. But anyway, this is a Christian Guitar Girls podcast, and I'd love to know a little bit more about how you got started on the guitar. Can you give us that story? Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. I, I, was, I was seeing some of your clips from the last guest, and she was like, oh, you know, I felt like the Lord brought me to guitar. And, and I, I don't feel that very often in my life. I basically just always thought guitar was really cool. And I did the thing in like middle school where I got one of those like $100 guitar packs where it has like the terrible guitar and a mic stand and whatever. And uh, I never touched it. And then Mm -hmm. I went to uh, when I was in college, I was a music major until another crazy story for another time. My jaw broke Mm -hmm. inexplicably and I was a trombone performance major. But 
So that's why I didn't end up with a music degree. I ended up with a minor. But anyways, before that, I went to a music uh, camp for trombone and some girl was just playing guitar. And I was like, oh, teach me some chords. And she taught me um, G, C, sus, and then regular C. And uh, she Hmm. was like, you just have to go. You just have to go play them over and over and over again. And I was like that's terrible, but okay. And so (laughs) she loaned me her guitar for the night and I just sat in the, in the dorm on App State's campus and I I got bored of just playing it over and over again. So I started, that was why I started writing songs because it would entertain me. And so thankfully those songs were before it was so easy to get your music on the internet and they are not on the internet because they are terrible. Um, But I did record them because in my youth, I thought they were good. I'm forever grateful to her. She is a uh, she's a dear friend I lived with in college as well. So uh, not a glamorous story, but it was uh, it was yeah. enough to get me going. Well, you know, I think that's really cool because I think that God can direct us even when we're not aware that he's doing it. Like he may have brought the guitar into your path without you necess- without this like big fanfare, you know what I mean? And just kind of like nudging you in that direction. I do believe that God can direct you in big ways, but also in, in tiny ways by like these little suggestions. And so... Um, that's really cool that you had a friend to, to help you with that, to get started. Yeah. Now, prior to this interview, I learned that you started leading music worship only a week after becoming a Christian. So can you tell us about that experience? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely don't recommend it. Um, it, it (laughs) uh, it was a bold move and I think a not calculated move, uh, when I became a Christian and then the person who told me about Jesus took me with her to her college ministry and uh, I I think we just stood in the front and kind of stood in front of the stage and I just kind of harmonized throughout because it's kind of easier to find harmony than melody sometimes. And I didn't know any of the songs. And so I just kind of stood there and was harmonizing. And then as soon as it finished, the, the student worship leader ran off stage and comes right up to me and she goes, you should join the band. And of course, that is like what I've always wanted to do. I actually, as a kid, I remember having this this thought and I wasn't even a Christian at all. And I said to a friend, I was like, I think that, I think that God's telling me that I'm going to be in a band one day, which is, I didn't even play anything other than trombone at the time. But um, yeah, so she just, she ran off stage and told me you should join the band. And I was like, okay, cool. And like the next week I was singing harmony. And I remember talking to the guy who was in charge of the ministry at the time, a couple of years later. And he was like, uh, yeah, she didn't, she didn't talk to me about that one, so uh, yeah. <laughs> he would not have he would not have supported that had he had been talked to first. And I definitely don't recommend it. I mean, there was a moment I went to Passion. I don't know the next year, maybe I hope it was that year. I don't know when it was, but I went to Passion oh, and on that's sorry. Louis Giglio. Yeah, sorry, Louis Giglio. Okay. Yes, yeah. yes. Cool. Sorry, I forget that not everybody lives in America and knows about the Passion craze. <laughs> yeah, I know about it. I just want to make sure that's what sure. you're talking about. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I went to Passion and uh, it was like on the drive back, we were talking about uh, what did you learn on this trip? And I remember saying something along the lines of like, I don't think I really believed in Jesus. Like I believed in God, but I don't think I really believed in Jesus. And the whole van just like, went silent there uh, after everybody else is sharing it was a lot more like encouraging and I think everybody was kind of shocked that this person who'd been leading music worship for for a few months didn't even really believe in Jesus so <laughs> I don't I don't recommend just jumping right onto a worship team but it was it was huge for me and it was probably a, a huge part in why I even kept coming back because 
I loved it. I loved it so much. And I learned so much about Jesus just by singing the songs and spending more time with people that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. So I'm thankful. Mm. Well, it sounds like God really um, tipped this on its head because now I see we're going to get into your your book here in a second. And I noticed that you're very passionate about prioritizing your relationship with God, that mm-hmm. he is the 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 worship leader and and we're following him. And so it's I so I think that's cool how God, you know, took your story and essentially flipped it on its head. So now yeah. the, your your relationship with God is what is the the priority. So mm. yeah. So actually speaking of your book, um, you are about to release a brand new book entitled The Equipped Music Worship Leader. So congratulations. Thank you. For Thank that. you. Um, do you have a release date yet? No, I do not have a le- release date. My hope is September. So by the time this comes out, I believe it should, if nothing else, it will have a pre-order button. I'm in the final stages of just getting all the information on the internet that you need and getting like the the back matter done and, you know, all the really fun details that come with putting a book out. So, Yeah, cool. And what inspired you to write this book and who is it for? Yeah, uh, that's so hard. It's hard and easy at the same time. It, I, mm-hmm. I hate it because I, I feel really critical when I talk about why I wrote a book and it feels a little egotistical to write a book and think that I have enough to say to fill a whole book but um I yeah I read it and you have lots to say that is very valuable thank so, you that's yeah very very kind I appreciate feel that. confident feel confident in that thank you uh thank you wow um yeah I before I settled down in my current church I did a lot of traveling and leading music worship in smaller churches in the area that just came through connections and I would often be the person who came in to just give their worship leader like the first break they've had in like five years, uh, which is terrible, but unfortunately incredibly common. And uh, so many of them were just like the, they were in the band and then the music worship leader quit. And then the pastor was like, Oh, you play guitar. You should be the worship leader. And they're like, I don't even know. I barely know how to play G, C and D. Like now I'm going to lead the whole band. And, and I just remember coming in places and just kind of leading a rehearsal with them and just trying to tell them a couple of things and things that I'd known for a really long time that I didn't think were very monumental were like blowing their minds. And I was just like, nobody's teaching you this. Somebody should be teaching you this. But like a lot of the places, like I said, were really small. And so they didn't have the money to send their worship leaders anywhere good. They half the time didn't even have money to pay them, uh, let alone send them to trainings and um, they, they didn't really know how to help them. And so they definitely didn't have a mentor if their last worship leader just left. So, um, and I realized that all the books that I had read for music worship were mostly, uh, kind of like the lofty, which is good. And you need that kind of like the, the heart of why we worship, but it was like, great. I, I got that. I, I know that I want to worship Jesus and I know that I want to do that well, but now somebody tell me how to do it well. And so um, I just felt like none of them were really very practical. Probably the most practical one that I love is um, Worship Matters by, I think, Bob Coughlin. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I, I love that whole book until he says one thing that I really disagree with. But you don't have to disagree with everything that's in a book to learn from them. So 
Um, yeah. The yeah. Chew and spit method. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's the right. Chew and spit method. You can chew and take what take in what's good and spit what. <laughs> yes, spit I'm sure you. there's plenty of spitting with my book, and that's totally fine and great. Yeah, but, um, I thought it was great. Thank you. Um. So yeah, there there was one day I was just I was just sitting at the dining table. I can like see it in my mind where I was just sitting there thinking about this and being frustrated that there weren't more tangible, helpful. Um, materials and this the subheading of my book is a practical guide it's meant to be practical when I first set out to write it it was meant to be really short actually and that got away from me so um mm-hmm. but I remember just sitting there and I just had to like run and find paper because I felt like the Lord just like downloaded the whole table of contents into my brain and I just wrote it out and I looked at it and I was like oh dang that's a book I was not expecting that I am I writing this book like why would I write this book and so uh yeah I just kind of I just had in mind all of the, I have some specific people in my mind that I've I've met along the way that this is kind of for them and if they had no other resource or money to find resources like maybe they can spend you know 15 bucks on a book and get a get a start. And even, I really do hope also that for anyone who maybe feels like they're lacking in creativity or they've just been doing it so long and they need a little spur, it can be like a, like my hope is it'll be like a reference on the shelf that you kind of keep coming back to because you can read it all at once or you can come back and like, oh, I, I need some help. I can't remember how you find this specific harmony or something like that. You can just go back. So the mm. biggest audience I hope is for those who just, they just need a little help and they want a little practical advice because I had a I had a phenomenal mentor when I first started leading music worship and I recognize that that's actually pretty rare so I'm trying mm. to put that in book form for other people to appreciate. Yeah, I think that's great cuz God God is not a, a god of chaos, he's a god of order mm-hmm. and to me that means that he uh he is a practical god as well, you know, like we are very concerned about the heart side of things, which is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, But sometimes (laughs) we forget that also God can be glorified in the practicalities of life as well. So I love that you're, you're covering both in this book. So Mm -hmm. what's one thing that the readers can expect to gain from reading this? Um, I, I hope that probably the, the most obvious thing is kind of a plan. Uh, even mm-hmm. if it's not like this is I, I tried not to be like, this is the only way for you to do anything. But just like, here are some things to show you how you can make a plan, because I kind of think mm-hmm. the worst thing you can do is to just just keep just go at it and start shooting and thinking later. You know, just it's hopefully it kind of helps you to figure out, like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses here? Here's how to make a plan. Even it, like I even run through just like, here's how I go through my rehearsals. Like, I hope that's a helpful starting place so that you can make a plan and then kind of I mean what what's a movie make a plan uh lose the plan there's some quote somebody's yelling at me for not (laughs) knowing the quote but it's like make the plan and then forget the plan because it's not working but it's like you have to have a plan in the first place so yeah well that's great um and what is one piece of advice you have for someone who maybe they like you are sitting down with this idea of a book in their mind and they just don't know uh, how to get started Mm. on that. Do you have a piece of advice for someone who would also like to publish their first book? Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. My, my, the most important thing for me in writing this book was that I, the Lord just like put 
this this woman, Erin Davis, in my path uh, a few years ago, who's an author, and she has she has tons of books, and she wrote the forward of my book very graciously and kindly, and I was joking with her that people are going to read that and just put down the book and go find her books because it was so good. Um, <laughs> but she walked through the whole process with me. She was so gracious with her time and with her expertise. And I mean, I still, I texted her this morning and was like, oh, it's asking me this question on the Amazon form. Should I put this or should I put that? Like having someone to walk alongside you. I know that not everybody knows someone who's in the field. They're trying to write it. She's not even in, she, she doesn't know a thing about music worship and she's, she's enjoyed the learning process of going alongside me, but she, as an author, Mm -hmm. it was super helpful to have a mentor. And I think even if you don't know someone who's an author, there's a lot of organizations out there that put people together. And I think mm-hmm. um, if you can't do that, because some of them are really expensive, just just find a mentor to walk through it with you who is maybe pretty good at English and grammar and stuff like that can at least help you and, and loves you and supports you. Like, that was the biggest thing for me. I mean, anytime I wanted to quit, it was like the Lord told her and she would just text me and be like, I'm praying for you. The Lord's doing a great thing mm. in you. And I'm really excited for you. And I was like, okay, thank you. I'll go right today. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that God used this mentorship to not only bring the book into fruition, but to send you encouragement when you needed it. Yeah. Really it was pretty amazing. Super amazing. I want to switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the the heart stuff. You mentioned in your book that you lost your mom to a brain aneurysm in September of 2018. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I Thank just you. can't imagine what that was like. Um, and you ended up leading worship a week later. So can you share a little bit about how God used worship to bring healing to your heart during such a painful time? Yeah. I mean, hearing you read back my life to me is very funny because I'm, I've never noticed the theme of like, I was a Christian and then a week, week later I was leading worship and my mom died and a week later I was leading worship. It's like, he just keeps bringing me back to worship. Um, yeah, it was, it was really hard obviously, but it was a, it was a really strange time because I live in Wilmington, which is on the coast and the biggest hurricane that I've seen since I've lived here happened the weekend that my mom died. So I was actually not in Wilmington. I was visiting a friend and we, I drove to go be there with the family and then the hurricane hit. So like I had to have my friend bring my guitar cause I was worried about it and you know, all that stuff. But because it was the hurricane, the guy who was supposed to lead worship when he found out I was supposed to lead worship. And then when my mom died, my boss was going to lead worship. And then he like came back into town and then it flooded and he got stuck and it was like he literally couldn't leave and and i just remember it it, it's kind of surreal uh anyone who's lost someone really close can understand that you're like you're just not yourself and logical thought is not there and so like for me it was just kind of like all right cool i guess i'm doing this like i have to do this where like if it was somebody else i'd be like no like we'll just watch some youtube videos like just rest and do what you need to do because like it was less than a week it was really Hmm. it was so fresh and it was hard but it was also so healing for me because i remember driving to the camp it was i don't know three hours from where my dad is and uh I remember driving there and listening to these songs, trying to prepare myself for leading worship. And I can't remember what the song was, but it was, there was some bridge about like how good and faithful and kind the Lord is. And man, I just was sobbing and I was just like, I couldn't Mm. see that in that moment. It was just like, 
I was like, I know that I believe that and I've been taught to believe that. And I know that your word says that, but it was so hard to feel so fresh in that loss, but to still be like, I mean, I was screaming it in my car, sobbing. And it was like, Mm. it was so hard, but it was so, it was so good for me. It forced me to process in a time where like, I felt numb and didn't like, didn't want to think about anything. And so the the huge the huge huge blessing of it is that um, my closest friends to this day are my college friends and they were all there it was a college ministry thing and so my my four closest friends were all there beside me for the whole thing and I got to lead worship beside someone who I've led music worship with for years and years and years like she plays box drum and I play guitar and we just sit next to each other we don't even have to rehearse we just know exactly what's going to happen and so mm. it's just it was a gift being able to do that with them and to kind of process with them in that way and and I mean it was also stupid it was so stupid I there was a night where I was trying to sleep (laughs) in these stupid bunk beds surrounded by all these kids whose like hardest thing in their life was that they like want a new phone and can't afford it you know like not that I mean you don't know what's going on (laughs) anyone else's life at the time but that's what my mind was like Mm -hmm. you have no idea what this suffering is and I remember they're like playing ping pong at like three o'clock in the morning and I got out of bed in my pajamas and I walked over there and I was like you have got to do something else, anything else. And I said it so mean and I, I didn't realize it, but they looked at me with such fear in their eyes. But it's like, that's the grief, you know, it's like, that's the, I'd say that because it's like, why was I, why was I there? Why wasn't I just at home? But for me, I think every was, tired parent is like, right. Yeah, we're with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it was good for me, but even when I talk about it in my book, I try to be really careful to say, like, this was what I needed, and please don't see this as a prescription for you. Like, if you're mm-hmm. not ready and it's not helpful for you, don't force it, because it could really, I could see that really playing tricks on your mind if you're not, mm-hmm. if that's not what you need and that's not where you're at. But for me, it it was it was really comforting for me and good for me to just kind of come back to the the basics of who Jesus is. Mm. Yeah, we we all go through valleys in, in ministry, whether it's because of a personal loss or, mm. or burnout. Um, what is one word of encouragement or advice you can offer a worship leader who is going through a difficult time right now, even as they're doing ministry? Mm. I think just take the time. I think it's really tempting to think that the worship isn't going to happen if you're not there. Uh, and mm. if we if we would stop and think about it, we'd be like, well, of course we're not necessary, but we think we are. Like, I think I even named a mm-hmm. section of my book, like no one is necessary. And yeah, I've, I've had people all the, along the way think that they can do whatever they want because they think they're necessary. But I think that we do it too. We fall into that trap of thinking, excuse me, we fall into the trap of thinking that if we, if we aren't the ones that do it, it's not going to happen. And I, I'm really grateful. My pastor is he's he's so so kind and so like just take the time you need like if you if you can be there be there we want you there but like you know sometimes somebody leads worship who may may not have been ready but we're just grateful for the space and the time and for some like that's a huge opportunity for someone else to learn and grow and for you to Mm -hmm. stretch yourself in being able to let go and to teach others to do it as well but yeah I just think you just have to look and talk to your friends talk to your mentors your family and just like what do you need? What's helpful to you? Don't don't push yourself into burnout because it's it's so easy to push into burnout, but coming out of burnout is so mm. hard. So just mm. listen to yourself. Listen. I mean, honestly, and ask the Lord what you can handle because He knows what you can handle. We try and 
quote that scripture incorrectly of like, he's not going to tempt you beyond what you can handle or whatever, whatever that verse is, or it's like the Lord won't let you do too much basically is what people try and make it. Like, that's not actually mm -hmm. it. Like the Lord will be with you mm -hmm. in it, mm -hmm. but he'll also yeah. tell you when you're about to fall off the edge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even allowing yourself to take a step back and acknowledge, you know, like God can move in other ways, you know, and, and yeah. we may even be opening up the door for God to see God work in a way that we weren't expecting, like with his provision or with giving someone else an opportunity or, or whatever he has in mind, like he may be using that to work in a really cool way uh, in the meantime, you know? Yeah, for sure. So how can people find you, your book and your music online? Yeah, so you can go to sammarshmusic.com and that'll have all my music stuff on there, any booking, any uh, the book information coming out in the in the next month. Well, actually, by the time this airs, it'll, it should all just be on there. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at sammarshmusic. And uh, I think I have a Facebook page, but I don't know that anybody uses Facebook anymore, but it's there if you want to go find Some it. Some people do. Yep. <laughs> Some people do. And then your book available on or will be available on Amazon as well. Yes, the book will be on Amazon yeah. for digital and uh, physical copies. So fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for sharing with us about the, the lessons and the healing that God has taught you through uh, worship leadership, music worship leadership, and about your upcoming book. It was great to hear about that. And to all our listeners, if you enjoyed this chat, then make sure to hit the follow and subscribe button on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to check out podbean.com slash CGG if you have your own podcast or if you're thinking about starting one. I'll leave a link for that in the episode description as well as links to connect with Sam and check out her music and her upcoming book. And that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll catch you in the, in the next episode. And until then, happy strumming. Mm -hmm.